Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Peacock's adaption of the car combat video game series, Twisted Metal. The series stars Anthony Mackie, Stephanie Beatrice, Joe C. Noah, Will Arnett and Thomas Hayden Church. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Uh, how familiar are you with the video game series? Got to be honest, PlayStation, back in the day, I used to play this game a lot. Really As did I. <laughs> enjoyed it. It was just a fun game. It was one of those games that you didn't necessarily need to be that good to be okay at it. So I, I, used, yeah. to, I used to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, and you know, I played through all of the characters and the the storylines for the game. Uh, Sweet Tooth, of course. I remember Agent Stone is actually the name of the cop character, if I remember correctly, from the first game. Except you just were a regular police cruiser, not a oil drive police cruiser as they are in the US these days. And I remember a guy called Spectre who was in like a sports car who I think was actually had been dead, and he was like like so he's kind of like. Uh, uh, the phantom uh like kind of like spec the specter character from dc comics right okay. you know like a de- dead detective i'm like so as i started to watch the show i kept getting like these little bits of like information from the game slowly trickle into my head of like oh, wait a minute i kind of remember this roughly yeah um but not a lot it's it wasn't a particularly deep video game it was a car combat game in the style of like the versus mode on mario kart where instead of going around the track you had like a a battle arena area and you took on like seven other players well seven other bots at all one and one player so they've had to do a lot of fleshing out into like a storyline for the for the TV series. And the um, storyline, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Like it's yeah. You've got Anthony Mackie's character, John Doe, is recruited by Raven, played by Neve Campbell. And he's gonna drive through these dangerous areas where he normally he wouldn't go because he wants to live at a place where it's not, you know, he's out there living in the wasteland, ruin, is uh, out there risking his life. He can yeah. live with people in a civilized society. So that's that's his motivation. So you buy it straight away. His character, though, I mean, I've seen Anthony Mackie in things. Granted, I've seen him in a lot of Marvel things, but I've seen him in other things as well. But it took me a little while for me to click with his character in this because he's overly cocky about everything. He's talking to his car, Evelyn. So it's like, wow, this is Anthony Mackie turned all the way up. So again, it did take me a little bit, but then it's like, do you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I mean, there's a lot about this show that is absolutely in your face. I mean, in that first episode, when he's driving through the shopping mall in the opening scene, there's a copy of the original Twisted Metal video game 
for the PS1 that lands yeah. on his wind, uh, windshield. So it's like, oh, okay. So it's that kind of show. Like, it knows what it yeah. is. It wants you to know what it is. And you just, you're along for the ride. And it's yeah. big, loud, over the top a lot of the time. I mean, when when we get Sweet Tooth, like two people are playing Sweet Tooth, like the physicality, when you see him, it is Joe C. Noah. Also known as the wrestler Samoa Joe, a phenomenal wrestler, a lad, uh, a big fan of Godzilla. It's his theme song when he comes out, which I always found really cool. So you see him, but you're actually hearing Will Arnett. And I'm yeah. embarrassed to say, like, I like Will Arnett, a lot of what he's done. I listen to the Smartless podcast that he does with Sean Hayes and Jason Bateman. Of course, Arrested Development. Some of his movies that aren't overly popular, I like, is in Blaze of Glory. The Solomon Brothers with Will Forte. So he's done a lot that I've watched and enjoyed. And of course, Lego Batman. Yeah. It took me a while to realize it was him. And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know how I didn't pick it because there's only one person that sounds like Will Arnett. And that is Will Arnett. He has got such a distinctive voice, but maybe it's the visual of C. Noah of like, who is that? And I just couldn't quite put my finger on the voice. And as soon as I realized, I'm like, what an idiot. Of course it's Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah. Um, and something that I actually found endearing for the series, because uh, they had to go out of their way to explain why are there guys driving around with guns bolted onto their cars and that sort of stuff? It's the apocalypse has happened. It's 20 years later. They've had to wall off cities to protect them from all the psychos driving around uh, outside. Uh, and the apocalypse happened in 2002. So all of the 2002, 2004, some, one of those two 2002 years. sounds right, except 20 years when the show came, yeah. yeah, when they made it. So none of the music is from anywhere post. 2002, which uh, Sony owns the rights to Twisted Metal, which had to be leased by Peacock. Uh, but also, the music selection for this show, every single episode, there's like a song they use for for something that happens. And I'm like, man, the music's good in this show. You get Bass No More. You get Cisco. Uh, speaking of Will Arnett and uh, yeah. Sweet Tooth. <laughs> the silver the silver haired god uh you get um you get uh roads by um by portishead and you get uh evanescence my immortal which i think was about probably around 2002's pushing to like when it came out oh no, 2003. Uh, yeah, right. Well, 2003, because it was used in, was it the first Daredevil movie, My Immortal? These two Evanescent songs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right, though. I mean, yes, the songs. I was just waiting for you to to mention Hanson, Umbop, yeah, which, yeah. Is, <laughs> which, is, which is in there as well. But, yeah, I mean, again, the, the production of this show, because we've said a couple of times to Peacock, 
is a streaming service in the US. I'm pretty sure it's limited to the US, maybe Canada, but we don't get it here in Australia. So that's why we just kind of like just got to wait and see where that content is going to show up. Like there's the John Wick prequel series, The Continental, which here in Australia, we're going to get that on Prime Video. And I think it's the same in the UK yeah. as well. This for us was on Stan, which is yeah. a Australian streaming service. And I didn't plan for it, but every now and then I'll catch up on some Stan shows or shows that are available on Stan and I'll subscribe for a month. And it just so happened to be in the month that I was subscribing that this show dropped. So it wasn't planned at all, but I'm really glad that I had Stan at the time. I don't now. I did then. So I was able to to watch this show. But it is like a big, flashy show. And we've talked about who is in front of the camera. But if we're looking at who is actually developing the show, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick and Michael Jonathan Smith, those first two names, I mean, we all know them. I mean, Rhett Reese, his early credits include Clifford's really big movie, okay, um, Cruel Intentions 3. Okay, these aren't good examples. Let's move uh -huh. on. <laughs> he has also collaborated with Paul Wernick, writing the films Zombieland, G.I. Joe Retaliation, and Life, as well as Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Deadpool 3. And together, they also created the reality series the Joe Schmo Show. Have you have you ever heard of that? The Joe Schmo Show. I think I've heard the title, but I have no idea what the premise is or it's, what it's showing on. It's a fun. It's a fun show, and one of the guys in it is Ralph Garman, Kevin Smith's, oh, yeah. you know, co-host from Hollywood yeah. Babylon. All of that. So I remember seeing that years and years ago. So those guys together are fantastic. They really are. And this is the latest thing that obviously they've done together. We talked about Anthony Mackie already. I'm a big, big fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I am always, always happy to see Stephanie Beatrice. I mean, I say see her. She's also like voiced a couple of roles. Like she was yeah. Batwoman in Catwoman Hunted, a recent animated movie. She's the lead, I believe, in Encanto, that Disney movie from last year. But honestly, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I love that show so much. And she was fantastic in that. So it's really good to see her again and in a series. And she is fantastic as the character Quiet, who you yeah. later find can actually talk. She's choosing not to. Yeah. Uh, except to like be sarcastic or like bitchy to those around her, um, which eventually it's like episode. What her flashback episode, and... episode six? Yeah, it's like halfway through the season, like the back half of the season, you get a backstory of kind of where this quietness comes from because she was loud and like happy kind of thing beforehand with, with her brother fire. and and the trauma. Yeah, that well, he Orange thought County put him in. He was doing something good for the two of them, but they were essentially slaves, servants. Mm. And if you talk back, or if you're heard and 
not just seen, then your owner will remove a body part. She lost a finger. We got that in in the first episode. And then just you got these happy-go-lucky people working in this restaurant and they've got ears around the neck and other, yeah, other gross body yeah. parts. Yes, yeah, so see things... people missing noses and stuff. Yes. Like, my God, that's depressing. This is a like... dark, deranged world that we're that we're spending time with all these, you know, big outlandish characters. I mentioned, you know, the the Neve Campbell character, Raven. So she sets John off on the mission. Yeah. And you de- and then you later find out that she was just after well, she was after pistachio ice cream, but she actually got Rocky Road instead. And that was it. Yeah. Everything yeah. he went through, quiet went through, all of that was just so she could get some ice cream. And apparently, with her wanting one thing and getting another, in the video game, when someone's wish or desire is fulfilled, it's always twisted in some sort of way. Hence, I guess, twisted Mel. Yeah. Um, but And then the you find out right at the end, uh, the other thing was to test. She wants the best driver, which he, which uh, Anthony Mackie's character John Doe proves uh, because he made it all the way to Chicago and back in the time allocated. That he's the best driver because they're doing basically the twisted metal competition. Uh, yeah, for it's, it's a like, season two if it gets confirmed. Yeah, so you get to the end of this season, you're like, oh, they actually are doing the game next. Where they are going to have vehicles competing in an arena, because this felt like oh, okay, so that's how it is in the game, but they want to open it up, and that's how this show is going to interpret it. But then now it's out of the way, and I guess that's going to give them an opportunity to bring in other characters because apparently other characters from the game vehicles appear but aren't very prominent in this first season. But now they've shown them or alluded to them that second season, they can just bring them in. I mean, they've set the stage. So it would be disappointing yeah. if they don't get to do that second season. But Peacock seems to have put a lot of money into this. I think I read somewhere that it was their like the their the biggest premiere that they've had on the streaming service for original content. And that everybody that's, you know, the names involved. I mean, one of the stars is the new Captain America for Marvel. You know, there's a lot yeah. of, you know, recognizable people in this. And again, the, the voice of Will Arnett. Yeah. Uh, although we lose the main villain, uh, Agent Stone, played by Thomas Hayden Church. And who... he's great. He is yeah. very good in this. And he's, again, his backstory, like, I'm a cop and I'm all about the hard line of the law. Uh, it turns out he was just a mall security guard. And a coward. Who got, yeah, and a coward. And he's kind of like full of crap and he's built himself up over this lie that he's, that he, uh, that has built the myth he has. Um, but uh, he's get, finally gets his comeuppance at the end of the season. Possibly Sweet Tooth as well. It's not really accurately shown whether that he's dead or not is that he uh he got run over and his mask got knocked off but there's no concrete like oh that killed him it's not like his body exploded when he got hit by the car uh and he's you know seems to be like 
kind of Freddy Krueger-esque in terms of like just pure like un- and Jason like unstoppable killing machine yeah. killer clown. I mean, um, he he was so prominent in the marketing, and that's why I kind of was surprised and wasn't at the same time that they showed you him so early. I thought maybe they were going to lead up to him because we got him at the end of the first episode. Spent a lot of time with him in episode two. I mean, I'd not played the game for a long time, but I remembered Sweet 2. The look yeah. of the character, the ice cream truck, all of that. Yeah. They really would be losing something by not having him back in that second one. And and again, like you're saying, you know, with him being, you know, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, that kind of thing, is a character that, that, that can just come back because they do play free and loose with the physics, the logistics of this world. So they could yeah. just bring him back. I mean, Stone, I think he's gone. And maybe Thomas Hayden Church just wanted to do one season. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's a big get for the show. And again, played the part fantastically. But Stone, I think he's gone. But Sweet Tooth, I reckon they could easily bring him back. Yeah. Uh, and looks like they're setting up to bring in uh, a character, John Doe's sister, unnamed. Uh, for a season two, because that's like the last shot of the the, the the season is quiet being stopped and met by this woman claiming to be his sister, but she's wearing a mask, so we don't know who's underneath. Um, which, yeah, all this looks interesting. Jason Matsukas turns up in this season as oh, man. the leader of the Holy Man, and man, is he that like guy? He is. <laughs> One, he's hilarious. Two, he is, his yeah, character yeah. is like like turned up to like fifteen, not just eleven. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's true. His his ability to, to to fight is like, I mean, superhuman. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the way he flips, moves, fights, bashes, like he is incredible. Um, either Jason Matsukas is really agile, or uh, the, the their stuntman does a great Jason Masukas. Like, <laughs> I yeah, don't know I, who, which I one think, it could be. I think Jason Masukas is getting some assistance there from the stuntman. Yeah, but he he really is great. He's fantastic. We you know we reviewed season one of Invincible. He voices yeah. one of the characters in that, and again Brooklyn Nine Nine. He yeah. plays a, like a reckless cop. You know, comes in and out yeah. of it. He's really he's, good. Yeah, he's like crazy because he spent so many years in undercover. Yes, so, so many years undercover. Have you seen Dirty Grandpa, the R-rated no, comedy right. with De Niro, Zac Efron? Like, they're good in it. They are good, but he is in it as well and interacting with his crazy character because believe it or not he plays a crazy character in that movie <laughs> but i think he's brilliant like it he, he does he yeah. does a podcast as well and um, how did this get made with is it paul Shear the other and there's someone else on there oh, as well right. yeah where basically yeah. Yeah, they're talking about movies like you know like really crazy movies like i remember for the longest time the podcast artwork for the pod was the stars of the podcast, but it was the poster from Junior, and they're using that as an example. Like, how did this movie get made? And they did yeah, a recent how, like, one all about Drop Dead Fred, which is a movie that I love with Rick Mail, Phoebe Cates. Yeah, because it's it's not even anything like Bottom, which is no. what he's famous for. 
And, his, and it's a it's movie. Not even his, it's not his style of comedy either. No, like, wait, it, what? It's a movie that Robin Williams turned down. But anyway, Jason oh, Mises, he's yeah. <laughs> that's the reason why we're talking about other things. Yeah, he he's great. So it, it's good seeing him, seeing yeah. him here. And there's so many other crazy outlandish characters that are coming out of it. You've got the convoys, you know, the people yeah, that's, that's there. That's a whole great idea. It is like the trucks never stop. They're always on the move, the refueling on the go, the moving from yeah. truck to truck, um, stopping for supplies, sending people. It's just they did so much. I mean, how I many? It's 10, isn't it? Yeah, 10 episodes. Yeah. They did so much across 10 episodes. I like the fact that the the episode titles are license plate numbers. I'm looking yeah. at episode nine, it's roadkill but with letters yeah. and numbers and yeah shangri-la for episode 10 evelyn episode 8 and um, i won't go through them all but it's it's fun like I, I like what they what they have done there it's crazy over the top it's everything that i wanted from a twisted metal tv series so hopefully we do get that second season but for season one if you're going to rate it out of five Oof. I'm going to come in about probably a 3.5 out of 5. Um, I did enjoy it, but there were points, I must admit, from episode to episode where I would check my watch of like, oh, what's uh, like just bits where it lagged or a particular part I wasn't interested in, whether it was focusing on uh, a character specifically or like, it has this one critique I have over the whole season is it has a whole thing of it takes them like right up to episode was it um eight um to to get to Chicago and then they get all the way back in two episodes. I'm like that's technically the halfway point of your journey. Like and then you kind of like what took you so long to get somewhere, it should take you kind of a rough time to get back. Uh, and that's one of the things like the all I could think the whole time was like, are they only going to pick up the package like at the end of the season? And then when they actually pick it up, I'm like, oh, we got there. Wow. And you're really going to have to speed. So I was aware of kind of the time restrictions and all losing days at a time, only having 10 days over the course of the season in terms of time. Uh, and it's not like every episode took place over the course of a single day. Um, you know, it's, and I don't know the uh, exactly how long it takes to drive from Chicago to Los Angeles or San Francisco, but I imagine it takes more than two days, which is uh, something that in my mind, my, my logistics, I was con completely aware of. So them taking that long really like played on my mind. Um, some jokes fell flat. I did find Anthony Mackie's comedy grating after a while because people did use comedy to deal with stressful situations. Spider-Man is a phenomenal example of one of those types of characters. But once quiet, once they got, once Quiet and John Doe got to a certain point, which is kind of episode six, her character, like, was a lot more bright and happy going all the way through until she falls kind of back into her traumatized point. Like at the final episode, I'm like, 
a bit bit of a whiplash for the character. Like I know it's under there, and I know that she's known for a comedy, but I feel like it takes longer than just essentially like a week for a character with that kind of trauma to like open up that much. Um, despite the shared trauma that you know that she'd solved things that they blew out, like she thought he was dead and he wasn't, and she was like angry at him for a whole episode i'm like ah, i feel like she'd be more relieved than angry like just little things like that which got me that all these things peg this the thing down for my overall enjoyment um i thought the music selection was great i thought the design was really good um and the, the cleverness of making sure that since they're set around 2002 to 2004 of when everything went to shit the cars were not old and were not any newer than that. Any of the pop culture or the clothing or anything was not set after that point. I mean, these, they're minor things that people, you know, like me, I have a great memory of when things came out in the 2000s because I kind of lump everything between 2000 and 2005 into like a category of like that period rather than specific events. Um, so I appreciate things like that that little nod like like knowing up front when the the twisted metal box hits the windshield i'm like and like you said oh it's gonna be one of those shows like they did have tongue in cheek um which i appreciated um and the gratuitousness i actually really liked the characters of mike and Stu. these two guys who kind of bungle into these things Stu, he's like a it's like a, a, a true soul who shouldn't be like stuck dealing with this and he's mate mike who's kind of gotten sick of taking care of him in this like hell this apocalypse has kind of ended up on in a shitty spot but kind of becomes an asshole then Stu still looks after him later on in the season i'm like it's sweet but you did kind of have this coming mike sorry but yeah it's just little bits and pieces it looked good for the most part every now and then there was just one little thing i was like ah, i can see the constraints of your budget there um, not overly intrusive, but you know, watching the top, top, top end of uh, streaming shows where they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars in the season, whether it's Rings of Power or Star Trek or Star Wars. Unfortunately, having watched so many of those recently, when I see a show on this that's probably got half the budget, I can start to see where those budget strengths come in. But yeah. Three out of five. Uh, how about yourself? Three point five out of three point five out of five. I'm st- I'm still processing your review. Uh, that I think is I-, I can't remember the last time you had this much to say about something we we've reviewed. I mean, oh God, what was the first thing that you said? Yeah, I, I, we're talking about. You know, if it takes them this amount of time to get from here to there, and then they're going to make that same journey, but in reverse, like how are they suddenly? I didn't care about any of that. Like I wasn't even paying yeah. attention to that because we knew that the end point it was going to go there to come back again, and it was the journey to get there. So it just obviously had a boring drive back where not much happens, so they didn't feel as though they need to show us the viewers. Um, Anthony Mackie, yeah, to begin with, I had that experience that you were talking about where not all his jokes were landing, like understanding why his character is acting and saying the things that he is because it's how he's dealing with the world around him. It's a coping mechanism. But I went yeah, with it yeah. after 
after a while. I really enjoyed yeah. this episode world. eight. You get his backstory. Yes, like, and, and your you find main character when you find out like his amnesia is legitimate and his tie to his car. It that's really feels like it should have been earlier in the season. Because yes, so it. many questions that had been been before then grating it does, But it's John Doe. It's okay for yeah. John Doe to be a bit of a mystery, like and then to really, really drag that on. Clock watching, I didn't clock watch with this show. I've got to be honest. I think most episode, most episodes sat around the half an hour mark, if not a little bit shorter. So this is a show where you could sit and binge the whole season if you wanted to for no more than five hours. You could watch like the whole thing. I'm not gonna go too crazy with with my rating. It's just a little bit higher than where where you're at, and I don't have all the criticisms that you, that you do. I'm gonna come in at a four out of five on the basis of just. I mean, again, the video game on the windscreen, episode one. Right, this is the kind of show that they're that they're making that we're watching. It's not gonna be subtle at all these outlandish characters overly violent limbs flying here and then everywhere the characters sweet too just so much to enjoy the world building and then just seeing what they're setting up for that second season i just i enjoyed it for for what it was so i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna come in at a four out of five well that's it for our episode all about twisted metal season one if you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon. <laughs>